back to Selenials Podcast. Today on Selenials, we have a reading roundup part two. So this is our second reading roundup where we're just going to do a little chit chat about books and it'll be a great time. So if you're looking for some good reads, pun not intended. Oh my gosh, I hate myself right now. Um, Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Uh, you should stick around. <laughs> I don't know who's going to stick around after that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> So my reading life has been going well, I think, in terms of number of books. According to my tracker, I'm on track for my goal. I don't know if I've read that many books that were particularly great so far. I think one that I really liked was called Search by Michelle Hooniven. I don't actually know how to say that, so I'm sorry. But It's definitely a little slower and it's definitely character based, but it was kind of fun. It was about this person who writes like food books and then she was basically in between books and looking for her next book and then she gets selected to be on a search committee for like a new pastor. And I think the whole thing is like the search committees when they meet like there's food involved. So her whole idea is like, I'll write about this. And I think one of the reviews at one point said something along the lines of, I didn't think I would get this invested in the search committee and like who they pick, but I did. And I kind of had the same thing happen where I'm like, I don't really know. This is vaguely, I was hoping it would be a little more food related. And I think that's why I read it. But then I too was like, well, they can't pick that guy. He's not right. They should pick this one. And it's kind of funny. Dang. I mean, the book's not funny, but my level of investment in this fictional search was kind of funny. That sounds like a fun book, though. I feel like it kind of reminds me of The Cuckoo's Calling. I think that's what it's called by J.K. Rowling, where it's like, I didn't think I would be so invested in the characters by the end, but I kind of was. Yeah. I have a few. I know you haven't read as much. Should I say a few more or did you want to go? You can say a couple more. Go for it. I think my January reading was like the best so far. The other one I read was The Family Game by Catherine Stedman. Mm -hmm. The ending was a little wild. It was kind of just like, I don't know. A lot of, it's it's a mystery thriller, but like a lot of people ended up dead. So like, it was interesting that way. But that was interesting read. I read that pretty quickly. And then the other early one I read was Weather Girl, which is a romance. And I think it's kind of cute because she's obviously the weather person at the news channel. And then there's the guy who runs uh, or writes or reports. I think it's TV. You wouldn't write. So he reports on sports. And then it was like the whole they're trying to get their bosses who are exes, but they run the station back together. But then they, spoiler, it's a romance, so it's not a spoiler. Not but a spoiler. But they get together. Oh, it's so cute. It's really cute. I listened to it on audio. So if you want something light and just like cute romance, I'd recommend that one. I feel like sometimes a romance book or like something that's just like cute and fluffy is just nice because it's like, I feel like every day you have to deal with issues and problems. And sometimes it's just like, it's just nice to listen to a book where it seems like nobody has any like true problems if you know what I mean where it's like oh the thing that's the most on your mind is like 
I like this person. How do I tell them? Like, okay. And I think it's also, even when they do have a problem, like, say, every big fight that every romance novel has when they, like, break up, you know, they're going to resolve it and get back together. Exactly. Exactly. I have not been as good at reading as you have, mostly because I find that I just a lot of the times don't pick up like a physical book right now, which is kind of sad. I should probably fix that. But I usually will do like an audiobook. So it just takes me like so long to get through a book because audiobooks will be like 10 hours versus you could read a book in like two or three. But I did read Such a Fun Age. Hang on. I want to I want to look up the author's name for that. All right, Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. And I feel like it was a book that I had heard of before. I'm not sure like where I heard of it or maybe I'd seen it on like a shelf somewhere. I'm not sure. But I really, really enjoyed it. It followed a 26-year-old, well, I think she was actually 25, a 25-year-old babysitter and kind of talked about her relationship with the family she worked with her relationship with her boyfriend and it also kind of talked about racism as like a a larger concept and just how people interact or I don't even know if it's like how people interact but it talked a little bit more about like the interactions that she had and how people would kind of first see her as like a black woman and how that impacted how they would interact with her. And so I thought that it was just a really interesting read and a very good read because not only did it talk about her experience as like a black woman in America, but it also talked a lot about like when you're 25, you have no idea what the heck you're doing. And it's like you could be nannying for a family or you could be working a full time job for a big fancy company and you're still trying to figure it out. And I thought that it was just kind of a nice thing to read because That's kind of like where we're at in our lives. Like we're a little bit past that, but not really that much. I think what's interesting about that is even now, I think you can play into it. Ours, I feel like might be a little different because there's people our age who have bought houses and are having kids now. And so now the messaging is like, oh, I should have bought a house and start having kids by now because other people my age are doing that. So that's what you're, quote, supposed to do. And I think it's just so interesting when you actually look at other people's lives and how people do vastly different things at vastly different ages. Definitely. Because I'm like, for example, one of my high school friends the other day had a baby and I was like, oh my gosh, we're at that age now. Like, this is crazy to me. I saw a tweet or a meme or something. This was years ago, so I don't remember where it came from. But like the premise of it was basically, oh, someone had a baby and my first reaction is like, oh, no. And then you realize you're at the age where people have babies and it's like on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like anytime now I scroll through my Facebook feed, it's like how women are portrayed in like a bad comedy movie where it's like weddings and babies and wine. That's all I see. I think it's funny, too, what you think you would have been doing at the age you are now, because I think, say, when I was, like, 12, I probably thought, like, a 26, 27-year-old was, like, ancient. I feel like when I was younger, I thought that I would be, like, married with kids by now. And now I'm just, like, avoid children like the plague. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) I think that's the thing, too, is, like, these things change. But 
I just think it's funny because when I was younger, I thought that people our age had it all figured out. And like they knew what they were doing. It's kind of like that thing when you're little and you think your parents know everything. And then when you get older, you realize that at some point they were just kind of making their best guesses. Yeah, I think that nobody ever truly knows what is the best thing to do in every situation. But I feel like also we kind of get upset when somebody else is like, I think this way is better and my way is better than your way. And here's why. I see a lot of that in social media, though, where it's like the five things you should do and then fill in the blank. Yeah, like five things you should do when you buy your first property and you're like, "Hmm, I can't even afford to buy like a condo right now. So yeah, thank you. But no, thank you. So I don't know. I feel like I think when I was little, I thought. Or not little, maybe like a teenager that like the 20s are the time of your life because they're like, oh, you're out of college. You're going to get a job. You're going to, I don't know, maybe I thought I would buy a house. Who knows? But then, I don't know. I feel like when you're in your 20s, you realize that your 30s are probably going to be what you thought your 20s were. I could see that. I think also with my 20s, I thought I would be a lot more like social and going out kind of stuff. But I think I realize now that that's just not what makes me happy. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't need to be social all the time. Like, I can just take time to myself. And that's also a perfectly valid way to spend your 20s. Because I feel like there's this pressure to, like, go out and make all these social connections and meet all these people. And I'm like, yeah, like, it's fun. Like, I love to meet new people. But I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, I also like a good night in where I'm just like hanging out on the couch and watching some Netflix. And that's an okay way to spend your 20s too. It doesn't always have to be productive all the time. Yeah. I think also in terms of people our age who thought they'd be going, because I think society tells you too, you go out in your 20s and you like calm down. I think the world also had different plans. I think you're right. (laughs) Because, you know, for future us, if for some weird reason we forgot, we basically had it, what, I would say at least a year, year and a half of shutdown. And some people obviously were still going out during then, but I know I wasn't. And I think in general, I even before that, I didn't like going out much and I knew that. But I think a lot of people during that shutdown learned that they weren't as extroverted as they thought they were. I think you're right. I think they learned that like there's been this pressure put on us to be this certain way and to always be going and meeting new people. And some people, it's just not their jam. And that's okay. Like you can have a close circle and that's fine. Okay. I do have a few books that I did not finish. Oh, this is kind of shocking. I feel like you were so, I have to finish all my books character development i think this started last year is i want to finish my goals in terms of the like numbers but i'm still like being more flexible with that than i would have in the past but i've trying to be more like if i don't like this i'm just gonna stop because i think in the past we're like i will suffer through this and finish it and i think especially with so much time taken up by school that i'm like why am I wasting time on a book I don't really like? So 
I feel like this might be kind of unpopular because I think people like this book. I didn't finish The Seven and a Half Deaths of Edwin Hardcastle. I listened maybe half hour, 45 minutes, and I was like, I'm done. And then the other one was called Black Buck. I thought it was kind of cool because it was I was trying, you know, to diversify my reading. And it's kind of, I think it's described as like a satire-ish type book about like corporate America type things. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be kind of good. But I didn't finish that either. I don't know for these books if it was because it was on audio and I just didn't like the narrator's mm-hmm. style or if it was the book. But those are my two. I see. What's the seven and a half deaths ones? I I don't think I've heard of that one before. Like, what's it about? Basically, this person keeps dying every day until they find out who did it, I think. I don't quite remember because obviously I didn't finish it. But I think that's the premise. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Kind of freaky, but kind of interesting. And I think each day they learn something new to like try to solve it. I might try it again. I think I might try it physical, but for now, I'm just like, "Mm, no. Have there been any books? I know you said you haven't done a lot of reading, but have there been books that you started and were just not right? No, I I haven't really like started like any books. Like it's been pretty bad, but I can talk to you about a couple of things that are on my like to be read list. Yeah, I have a couple too, but you go first. One that I want to read that's on my TBR is I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. I've seen it on a lot of lists recently. And I think Rahika maybe talked about this last time we were on. Or maybe it was just like in a conversation outside of the podcast. I don't remember. I think she said she didn't like it as much as she thought she would. And so I'm just like, I'm very intrigued. I want to know what's going on. Plus, I feel like also sometimes I like to learn about what happens in kind of like different industries just to be better aware and I know in child acting there's a lot of like really shady practices that go on so I'm curious to see if she like talks about what goes on there in her book I think when that book came out my first reaction was like the title's very attention grabby and it almost to me felt like the book version of clickbait oh I could totally see that I think it totally gives off the uh clickbait feeling in the title i think i'm not sure who this was it might have been a real person i know or it could have been like one of the random bookstagrams i was scrolling through but i think the way it's been described on all those lists is like a comedy and i think the person was saying it was like it's actually not that funny i bet you would be a lot of like kind of like dark humor where it's like haha this is so funny but actually this is like a real problem and we should address this yeah which I don't think necessarily means it's bad in the book I think it's just something that you may want to be aware of going in that it's not going to be like comedy funny funny lighthearted. it won't be like haha funny it'll be like haha sad exactly I could see that so what's one that you have on your TBR basically just two books that are coming out or have come out um, by authors that we've read before so obviously the new Finlay Donovan and then the London Seance Society by Sarah Penner oh my gosh did you see the other day I almost tagged you she was giving away copies for you and a friend and I was like I should tag Leanne and then I think I forgot to tag you 
but I wanted to tag you. It made me think of you. I was like, we should totally enter this giveaway together and see if we can get this giveaway so we can review it on the podcast. I love the color or the cover. She always has the best covers. Like, I don't know who her illustrator is, but they are doing something right. Yeah, I'm super excited for it. You know, what's kind of funny is that she made a post about how, like, I guess the Lost Apothecary got mixed reviews. And so she was making some sort of reference about, like, how, oh, the same thing's happening with, like, London Science Society. It seems like she was like, yeah, they love it. Some people love it. Some people don't. And I was like, well, I think I'll love it because I actually liked the Lost Apothecary. So this is not a problem for me. I think it also just goes to show, like, everybody's got a little bit of a different taste in books. You know, somebody could love a book and another person could hate it. It doesn't always mean that the book is really great or really bad. I don't know if you do the same thing, but I have tons of books on my TBR, on my... Goodreads. Gosh, what is this thing called? No, I don't use Goodreads Storygraph. Yeah, I have tons of books on my Storygraph. I always add more and then I it's getting out of control. It says there's 466 books on there. I will never read 466 books in my life if all I did was read. But another one is I think later this spring there's a new book by TJ Klune coming out and I liked his other two books. So I'll probably get that. That's awesome. I feel like one of the things that is one of my reading goals as an adult is to find more authors that I consistently like their work. Because I feel like a lot of the times I'll read a book and I'm like, oh yeah, I read this one book by them and it's good. But then I won't pick up another one of their books because it wasn't like that good for me to pick up another one of their books. Or alternatively, I'll read a different one of their books and I'm like, "Eh, it's not that great. And so I feel like I want to have a couple of authors that I can like constantly pull from and be like, I know this book is going to just check every box that I want it to and just be great. Okay. So I was scrolling through my story graph and this one bookstagram, I forgot about this book, but there's one bookstagrammer. I think it's Jordy's book club. I think I mentioned him before and he loved the gunkle and I forgot, but Stephen Rowley has a new book coming out this summer called The Celebrants, and I'm also excited for that. Ooh, I feel like we should maybe put that on one of our lists, perhaps. I don't know if we have room, because for those of you listening, like we have this planned out through the fall, I want to say. We've got our books planned out for like a while now, but I feel like maybe we keep that on our radar, and then we can maybe circle back to it. Have you heard of this book? I don't think so. Okay, so I don't know. I'm just trying to skim the story graph real quick. The general premise seems to be like there are these friends who were friends in college and kind of like a then they grow up and they live life and I think they're getting reunited for some sort of reason. I don't know the exact reason. And so just kind of the connections and like how life has changed, I think is kind of the general vibe, which I'm down for that kind of book because I feel like that's kind of where we are, where it's like, We've had a lot of friends that we've known for a while and just like how life changes when you've known people that long. I don't know. I'm just totally like spitballing this based on my brief skim of the summary on Storygraph, but I'm liking it. I feel like it'd be good. I feel like kind of like 
such a fun age. It's nice to read something where you feel as though you can relate to the character and the stage they are in their life. And I think that that's something that is kind of lacking for a lot of books out there, is I feel like a lot of books don't really talk about 20-something-year-olds that you can actually relate to. Because a lot of the times it's like, oh, you're 20-something years old, but you have no financial worries. You're 20-something years old, but you've, I guess, like, you have, like, this really awesome job. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which I feel like when you're 20-something, you do go through challenges. It's just they're different from what a more, like, seasoned author would think that they are. Yeah. I don't know that much about Stephen Rollins so I don't know how old he is but I think sometimes too is like what people think people of a certain age think when they're not that age is different yeah it's kind of like if I was to talk about exactly what I think all high schoolers right now like I would probably be wrong I'd be like I'm not a high schooler but this is what I think they like and I probably would not be correct I think it's almost similar to when we were talking about the original Parent Trap and how the reward was having a dance with the boys camp and how you were just kind of like, I don't know, that doesn't seem like a great reward. But then, like you were saying, we weren't like 12, 13, 14 year old girls right now. Very true. I feel like 12, 13, 14 year old girls might be like, oh my gosh, we get to have a dance. I'm so excited. Yeah. Also... This is just kind of random, but I think this, honestly, this might be more of a summer thing, but I want to read more of those comedic mysteries so that we can have a nice discussion for our episode later. Yeah, the one that I picked up, I had read like maybe 20 pages in and then I just had not finished it. It was A Deadly Scoop. I can't remember who it's by. Let me look it up. A Deadly Inside Scoop by Abby Colette. So I had picked that one up. I had read like a teensy bit of it, and then I had to return it to my library. But I do want to go back and get it again, so I will be coming back for it. Especially because it seems like a very good like summertime fun mystery. Yeah. Yeah, what are some ones that you're reading? This is definitely more of a wintry one, but I think I mentioned this last time. I read Dead in Gondola. Oh my gosh. Which... I don't think it was like as comedic, but it was definitely in that lighthearted mystery category. I like the pun on the title. Me too. Also, there was a cat in it. So, you know. Always good if there's a cat. It automatically moves up. Yes. I'm going to peruse through my red and see what else I read. Oh, speaking of other comedic mysteries that I read, and I think I need to send this one to you at some point in time. Perhaps if I come to visit you, I might just hand carry it and deliver it to you. But I got a pre-released copy of Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers. And I read that one. It's one of those comedic murder mystery kind of things. And I really wanted to like this book. And I think it was good. It just wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. And it made me a little sad. Because I felt like some of the characters were a little bit flat. Like, I don't know. I just felt like the main character had a lot of sass. And then the other characters all kind of had the same personality. And it made me a little little sad. Mm. So I didn't realize this when you were talking about it. But I think it's the same author as The Dial A for Aunties. Yes. Which has a lot of buzz. 
I think we should read that one too. But if we are going to talk about the other one, then maybe not. I don't know. We can read. We can read both. It doesn't matter to me. But I know my mom currently has my copy, and hopefully, I can get it to you in a timely fashion before we before we have to talk about it. Does your mom like it? Has she started it? Oh, I think my mom. I think she actually might have finished it, so she should be done with it. I think that she really liked it. She said it was like a really just fun, lighthearted read. I think she's also in the same boat that we are, where it's like those comedic murder mysteries are right up her alley, just because it's one of those things where you have like an interesting plot and things going on outside of people's relationships. But it's like, it's lighthearted enough where you don't feel sad. Right. I think... um. It's interesting with books, I think also with movies, where there's obviously those books that are like literary good, whatever that actually means. But then there's those books that are just like a fun experience, you know, like maybe it's not the best plot development, character development, writing or whatever, but it's like entertaining. And I feel like sometimes you just need a book like that. Like it doesn't have to be the best thing ever as long as it, you know, you have a fun time. Yeah, it's kind of like watching a TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of, I know that my boyfriend has this theory about how all of these video games are going to be turned into movies this year. And one of the things that I kind of want to do as like a little side quest is I kind of want to read books that the video games were based on or were written about the video game after the video game was made to see if they're any good. Just so that, just for my own personal curiosity... Like, my expectations are low, right? But I'm also like, but what if they are actually good? So I, that's something that is, like, kind of on my radar of something I might want to do in the future. One, I think that TV, movies, whatever, they see it done wa- once, and if it's successful, then they all start doing it, which I feel like from a production standpoint, it makes sense, so I'm not judging that. But what I do think is funny is if... The movie's based on the video game, but then the video game was based on a book. For some reason, that just amuses me. Oh, I 100% agree. So if I can find any books out there that that fall into that category, definitely going to try to read those. I think The Witcher was based on a book. Oh, yeah. I saw The Witcher the other day in Barnes & Noble. Yeah, we were walking around because my boyfriend had like, this um gift card that he'd gotten for I think for like Christmas to Barnes and Noble and he was like I don't really read that much so like I'll get you a book and I was like sure thank you and so he got me the new Finley Donovan and so we were perusing the shelves and I think I saw the Witcher there because I asked him about it because I think he either played the game or watched the show Mm, yeah how's Finley Donovan I haven't started it yet, but I need to start it. I have that one. I also have Spin the Dawn right now. Checked out. I was going to say, I thought you got it like a long time ago. I did, but have I read it? No. I need to start like bringing them with me to the gym so I can read it while I'm on the treadmill. You can read on the treadmill? I feel like I couldn't. I feel like I would get treadmill version of Carsick. It's like I'm bouncing. I feel like I've done it before. Because I... Usually, like, at least nowadays, what I like to do is I usually just like to walk with an incline rather than run, because I hate running on the treadmill. I hate it with a burning passion. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like if you're walking, it's probably doable. I'm trying to see what else is on my TBR list. 
oh, one that I'm like, I'm not sure that I actually want to read, but I'm also like, perhaps, is Where the Crawdads Sing. Because I'm like, I kind of want to read it because there was so much hype around it, but also ethically, morally, I don't know if I actually want to read it because of the whole issue with the author where it seems like she is wanted for murder in another country. Because to me, that just feels kind of like you're not a good person and I don't want to support your book. So I read this book years ago before all the drama, before, well, I guess not before the drama because it happened decades ago, but like before, it seemed like when the movie came out, it resurfaced. And I think a lot of people didn't know about it, including myself, at the time that I read the book. Um, I think it when I read it, it was one of those books that I thought started off pretty good. And then by the time I finished it, I didn't understand the hype. Like, I thought it was really overhyped. So just from that perspective, I don't know if it would be worth your time. Got you. See, that makes me feel really a lot better because I'm like, I don't want to feel like I'm missing out on a good read. But also, okay, then I think I can table that and I don't think I need to read it, which is nice. Obviously, like we mentioned, books are so like specific, but I think it just looking at podcast books, we've read books that are way better than it. Got you. But, you know, some people love it, so good for them. Just not me. I think I just thought it was like, okay. I think it, for me... It might have fallen under the trap of it had so much hype that Mm. it was inevitable that it was going to let me down. I could see that. Another one that I have on my list, which I think might be YA, is Legendborn by Tracy Dion. I've just heard good things about it. I don't have any particular reason why it's on my list. I've just heard good things. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. There's just so many books on my list that's... It's so funny, though, because I add books to my list, so I keep track of them supposedly to read them, but then I feel like whatever I end up actually reading is just what's at the library or what's at the bookstore when I go. Oh my gosh, 100%. Or like, I look and I'm like, what has a good cover? If I pick up a book and I read the back cover and it seems like I might like the story, I'm going to pick it. Yeah. I think also there's some books on my list that are nonfiction, which I think is important to read, you know, keep lifelong learning alive. But at least right now, I'm just not into it whatsoever. I feel like in terms of nonfiction books, my motivation to read nonfiction is always quite low. I almost think that I'd rather watch a YouTube video on it or learn how to do something on my own and like do my own research just because I think that nonfiction books is just not my preferred format. I don't know. That's just my two cents though. I do. I guess it's technically nonfiction, but I do like memoirs and like nonfiction that's written in like the more self-help slash like general audience type. If it gets too scientific, I think it can lose me because I think if it's something new that I don't know about and it gets too detailed, it's great if you already know the subject and you want to learn more. But I think it's a little hard when something's new to you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just also not a big self-help person. 
I don't really gravitate towards self-help books. I mean, I think I would gravitate more towards like, I'll pick up this book on how to paint watercolor flowers before I would gravitate towards a self-help book. I don't read a ton, but I think Atomic Habits is technically self-help. I've also read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F and whatever the sequel was. And then I just read Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, mm-hmm. which was like kind of scientific-y, but also technically self-help. I think there's a lot of bad self-help books. Yeah. I like the ones that are a little more science-based, not like, not to judge people that do this, but not like charge your crystals and light some candles. Fair. So you listed a book that you were like, oh, I don't know if I want to read. I feel like a book that I don't know if I want to read, and I already kind of know your thoughts on this, and you'll probably tell me not to, is A Court of Thorns and Roses, only because I see it everywhere. And I saw from my library, there's a version that was like audiobook, but almost like stage play. So it had different actor voices, and it had like sound effects, which I feel like, based on what you've said about the book, I was like, well, if I read that one, maybe it'll be more entertaining or like maybe I'll stick with it more. So A Court of Thorns and Roses, I don't know. I think it's like it depends on what you're looking to get out of the book, to be honest with you, because I think that like there's this really fun like fantasy aspect where it's like this whole new world and all these different things going on. But I feel like in terms of like a fantasy book, I don't know. It just was not, it was not as good as I wanted it to be. I think when we were talking to Rahika about it, because she was saying how the Holly Black one, whatever she, when we were comparing the first book in each series, how she said the Holly Black one was better. But then she also said that they're kind of opposite where apparently the Court of Thorns and Roses series gets better. But also that's a chunky book. That's a lot of investment. They're all super chunky. It is. But I do have to say, like, in terms of good characters, like, really just, like, pithy characters, A Court of Thorns and Roses has good characters. Really like their characters. Highly recommend in terms of characters. I think you've got just, like, I don't know. They're just, like, entertaining. And the way that they interact with each other is entertaining. Is it technically a YA book? I don't know. Because I think... I think it might be, but I, it also might not be because there's like some stuff in there that I don't know I would put in a YA book, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what it is, is just on the brief summary, it says like she's 19. So I feel like whenever the character is a certain age, they're like, oh, it's YA. But then it's like, maybe you look at what happens in the book before you decide. It might not be. <laughs> yeah. I also, we read fantasy at some point. And fantasy for the first time on audio, I feel like it's never great for me. But also, I don't want to like read a physical book because I feel like people are going to be judging me if I read it. I don't know. I would say, you know what? Just try it out. Get the audiobook because otherwise you're always going to wonder. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll do it eventually. I think it's just a matter of when to prioritize it. Yes. But the characters are very entertaining. Like, I I liked the characters a lot. They kind of reminded me of Six of Crows in a way in terms of the characters. And Six of Crows I really liked. Six of Crows was a very good book. If you're looking for another one that has like just really pithy characters, would highly recommend that one. But no audio. 
I don't know. Six of crows, I think you could do on audio. I thought you had a whole rant about the crow. <laughs> no, that was a different one. That was uh, six crimson or yeah, six crimson cranes. Very similar titles. Oh, I got my birds confused. It's all good. Well, thank you so much for joining us for our reading roundup. We hope you got a couple good ideas of some books that you might want to read. If you are looking for a book to read in the near future, for our next book club, we're going to be reading Marrying the Ketchups by Jennifer Close, and that will be dropping on April 3rd. We'd love to hear any book recommendations that you have. My list is ridiculously long, but I'm always adding more. So if you have any suggestions for us, we'd love to hear them. You can send us an email to, at zillennialspodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at zillennialspodcast. And don't forget to rate and review Zillennials Podcast and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you next time.